Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hami Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hami Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordo's Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for.
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, clones, both regs and Bad Batch alike. And yes, this is an inclusive podcast for all you transdotions as well to another action-packed, fully stacked, totally jacked edition of the new force order for life podcast that's right you are not being deceived that wasn't a sound bite we have the sith lord in the house he's out on good behavior but let's get back to the program this is a star wars podcast i believe this is episode crap out one two three and see low if i'm not mistaken um doc for those people who do not understand that this is a Star Wars podcast after 123 episodes, obviously there's no hope for them. And what happens to those individuals who do not have any hope? They can't build rebellions. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That's right. And how's your rebellion building over there in the land of Hawaii? Oh, it is fantastic right now. Let me tell you, I am styling, profiling, Limousine riding, jet plane flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, Hawaiian laying, all daying, as usual. Very nice. I heard you're uh, the king of Lake Titicaca. I don't know if that's true, but anyhow. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. No, I'm just kidding. My name is GGP, a.k.a. Griga Papadon. Ah, to the Greek, Griga. I am a professional wrestler, current heavyweight champion in three different promotions at the same time, the motherfucking governor of Realtown, not, I repeat, N-O-T, not a citizen of Leg Slap City. And as you people may know from prior episodes, moving forward, I am commencing with the Alpha and Omega Inevitable Tour, because just like Thanos, who collected Infinity Stones or Infinity uh, Gems for his gauntlet, I am collecting championships worldwide, so recognize, but most importantly, I am a Star Wars aficionado. And alongside with me, long overdue, it looks like his uh, Emperor, aka the Warden, aka Iyanekatu, aka the wife, finally let him out of the cubby and out of isolation and introduce yourself, big guy, but first hit him with a hey yo. Hey yo. For the benefit of those that don't get it, that once you're in a fold, you're in a fold for life. Ladies and gentlemen, I need no introduction, but I deserve one. I am the Dark Lord of the Podcast, the Sithari, the Rampaging Revocus, the Butcher, your boy Spiro, a.k.a. Darth Spiridon. And all the way from Lake Titicaca, the man who's eating fire like a bag of dicks. And he's wearing a coconut bra to cover his man boobs. Introduce yourself, sir. <laughs> I am smarter to a V or technical in FX7, the god of Steel Thunder. And the man who's going to tell you all you motherfuckers to go fuck yourself because right now I am in the middle of paradise. Look at that. See the volcano behind me? It looks Doc like you got the. Alex, Looks like you got the high ground, sir. I do have. Oh. Always have the high ground, Papa Don. You know that. Very nice. Very nice. Now tonight we're I have some. God. What? 
Oh, he's out. <laughs> and just like that, he Classic. takes a powder. Takes a powder. He's put. He probably has to go eat some fire, and fire is the chief of the, the tribe. But anyhow, we have a guest on the show. We have two guests on the show tonight. First, he is the Empire City Garrison's uh, lead commander. You guys know him. He's been on here a few times. Friend of the show, most importantly, friend of ours. The man who's doing the Lord's work. Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, my name is Chris Fan. I'm uh, the commanding officer of the 501st Legion Empire City Garrison in New York, and I also work for the Cerebral Palsy Association as the development assistant, uh, helping them raise money and uh, run events. And last but not least, you got to follow that one. Sorry there, D-Rock. Damn. Ha, he's doing the Lord's work while, you, <laughs> while you're, do, you're doing everything that you're not supposed to be doing, all the sins down under. Anyhow, I digress. Introduce yourself. You're doing them. You're the guy who's hustling at midnight. You've been on the show before, had a grand old time, but this time, this time you get to meet the Sith Lord, and you guys have a lot in common, so introduce yourself. I am the one and the only diehard Derek Gordon, producer and host of the Midnight Hustle podcast, also a little bit of a spinoff called Escape from Brooklyn with Toddy D. De Palma to be continued. But, ladies and gentlemen, I am a Star Wars aficionado. I named one of my fucking kids after a Star Wars character. I try to get a lot more in this house done the Star Wars way. The wife won't have it. Bitch is gonna get that, that fucking force choke or whatever we do. But you know how it is, Papa Don. <laughs> let's get into it. Hell let's bring yeah. out our sabers and let's go to war. I, I just want to know, how did you pull off getting naming one of your kids Bib Fortuna? <laughs> well, when I wrapped my penis around her neck, she was like, you know, that's a good look for me, son. <laughs> you know, from there, it was sold. <laughs> Tremendous. Well, folks, we like to start off the show uh, with some sweet sensation and good vibrations. That's right. It's time for Marky Mark and his funky tweets, ladies and gentlemen. Now, before you guys go all on a frenzy, um, what this segment entails is Mark Hamill, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. The heart and soul of Star Wars, no matter what Kathleen Kennedy says, the motherfucking face that runs the place. He is a wordsmith, a national treasure, and has the distinct capability to capture America's heart in less than 140 characters. So what we do is we dive into his tweets here and there, and whenever they're entertaining, we bring it to your attention and we share it with you. So a little tweet came out. He said, uh, Mark Hamill says he's been in every Star Wars movie since 2015 secretly. This reveal was prompted by a tweet from a Star Wars nerve, archive Wikipedia dude, uh, which noted that last week Hamill had provided the voice of a Mandalorian bartender droid named EV-99. Hamill responded by saying that he actually had the multiple secret voice cameos in Every Star Wars movie released since 2015, which covers all the Disney movies, even the ones Luke Skywalker is not in. Now, were you guys aware of this? Because I wasn't no. sure. I didn't know he was in all of them. Mm -mm. Chris, that's news to me, but he does a lot of voice work. I wouldn't put it past him to be in just about everything. He can change his voice. He's like a chameleon. Yeah, he's uh, Skeletor on the new uh, uh, dumpster fire of a show called he yeah, Revelations. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, I had um, no idea. I mean, look, I'm a I'm a huge master of the universe, Mark. I grew up with it. I love it as much as Star Wars. Uh, this show wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. You, I don't know if you guys watched it. I'm not going to show. We're not going to shit on Kevin Smith because I'm a Kevin Smith guy. 
I heard there's another five episodes. So I blame Netflix by mm. the way they dropped it out because anyhow. But he signed on to it, man. You know? I digress. I blame Netflix for the way they did it. Uh, it's 10 episodes this season. They only dropped five. They're going to drop five next year. So it's like, wait a minute. So you're going to leave us in a cliffhanger. But more importantly, all the rumors you may have heard about the show are true. It's a He-Man show with no He-Man. So how do you do that? Obviously, they did it. And it sucked. But I digress. Um, You guys remember... Mandalorian, the last episode, season two. You guys all watched it, correct? Mm -hmm. The greatest movie scene. Oh, I'm sorry. The greatest TV moment in TV history happened in the last five minutes Absolutely. of the last episode. Made, made a grown man cry. Made many grown men cry. You oh, know? Yeah. Um, there's an individual who took his talents to YouTube. A deep fake artist named Shamook. S-H-A-M-O-O-K. Which almost sounds like a funny Italian diss. You fucking Shamook. But anyhow... Um, he, he went on YouTube and fixed the Luke Skywalker, uh, CGI, uh, that appeared in the last episode of Mandalorian season two and got over 2 million views. Now everyone was ranting and raving about what he did. He also touched, touched up Tarkin and Princess Leia from, uh, Rogue One and people loved it. He's done a few deep fakes here and there with Christian Bale and Robert Pattinson and all these other people with Batman and this, that, and the other. So the guy's very talented. Um, this guy just got hired by Lucasfilm. Um, he's joined a few months ago in a role that has clearly been keeping him busy. Uh, he where he hasn't had time to work on any YouTube content, but I'm getting pretty sure that the money's making from from Lucasfilm is paying the bills. Um, he said now that he settled into the job, he may have some time to maybe, maybe, you know, dabble and dabble on YouTube with other content, but this is his quote. As some of you may already know, I joined ILM Lucasfilms a few months ago and haven't had the time to work on any YouTube account. Now I tell into my job, uploads should start increasing again. They'll still be slow, but hopefully not months apart. Now, have you guys seen the video where this individual touched up? To Luke Skywalker and how he improved it. Yes, he, he did an incredible job. He cracked he cracked the hardest thing that it, there is to crack, which is something called the uncanny valley. When you look at it, it doesn't look right, and the eyes look kind of dead. He somehow does a technique that it really looked like Mark Hamill. It looked exactly like him. Whatever they missed in ILM, this guy's got the eye for it, so I'm really happy that they recognized that, and they weren't too... Uh, they didn't let it hurt their egos. They said, you know what? This guy did a better job. Let's hire this guy. I'm really glad they did that because all of the ones that you just mentioned, the Tarkin one, the Princess Leia one, and the Luke one, had that little tinge of something's not exactly right. It looks a little fake. And his versions did not look like that at all. His versions were like 100%. So I'm glad they uh, they they hired him and, and hopefully we'll see his work in the, in the future. I'm hoping they go back and fix the ones that they already did. What do you guys say, D-Rock? That's some scary technology, man. I had to see when he was first dropping those videos online, and he had swapped out, I want to say it was like Jack Nicholson, and he put Jim Carrey in The Shining. I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is amazing footage. Yes, I saw that. Or, or, or what he's done. Um, it, it's scary. It gets into the wrong hands. It can really fuck things up. But, um, but this guy, I mean, 
it makes sense for him to go in because the possibilities are endless right now. I mean, not only can they go back and fix what they've already got in the can, like, yo, just touch this up, make that shit look better over there, but they can go on and say in season three, you can start seeing more of Luke training Grogu in, in, in some of these. You can get a spinoff show just on that and what happened, you know, right after Jedi. Um, the great stuff they do there, and, and, and shout out to, to Lucas for, for catching that talent and like, yo, you know what? We need to sign him. Spira? Yeah. Man, I see big things in this guy's future. Uh, to be honest, man, my my question is, who made the call to hire this guy? Probably Filoni. Definitely not Kathleen Kennedy, because she would never think of something that would be good for this fucking franchise. So, but yeah, man, this guy's work is amazing. And to echo what Derek said, man, this is some scary shit, man. I mean, if you really have it in for somebody and you want to frame him for some fucked up crime, just hire this guy. And whoever you hate will be spending the rest of his life in fucking jail, man. Jesus Christ. Unless unless their last name is Clinton, then they'll walk away scot-free. Anyhow. But I digress. He'll end Um, up being a fucking deep fake, you know? Yeah, exactly. He'll get suicided with seven shots in the back of the head from what Staple gun. Um, here's my question. They hired him. Here's the million dollar question. Why? Now, to play off of what Derek said, last week we played a clip from Mark Hamill and Jimmy Fallon. Uh, producer man, you want to throw in the clip now? Go ahead if you can find it. I can't find it, so play it now. I just love you as, as, a, as an actor. And I, yeah, I wow. just, I don't know if I've ever gotten the chance to tell you that, but I just love you. Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and uh, every, t- the last couple years, you keep showing up and surprising me and everyone with these things. I don't want to spoil any of the things you have, if you haven't seen. Put your, if you're Mandalorian fans, put your earphones on. Um, but how you pulled that off was one of the coolest surprises ever. Uh, I just wanted to say congrats on that. That was one of the coolest TV moments of uh, definitely this year that we saw. And and talk about unexpected. You know, I had finished playing that part. I never expected to do it again. I thought if they ever tell stories of Luke in that period, post the originals and pre-sequels, they'd get an actor, you know, an age-appropriate actor. So when Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni told me about what they wanted to do, I was just stunned. Uh, But uh, one of the main things with Mandalorian is you are sworn to secrecy. I can't even talk about it with my family, even now. (laughs) Even Uh, though after it's over, yeah. yeah. But they're releasing- One thing that I have to tell you though, even though I can't talk about it, there's a special coming on Disney Plus on August 25th, which is a making of the season finale of season two, which is the episode I was in. So that'll answer a lot of your questions. I love that. All right, I can't wait. Thank you. In the interview, just to reiterate what what, what was said last week, and I kind of feel bad because last week I didn't see the clip before um, the show. So we just got the premise of it. But Mark Hamill said something in it that stuck out to me when I listened back to the show. Unlike Spiro, I listened back to the shows. So... Uh, I listen, I listen. Uh-huh. Uh, if you listen, you'd be kicking down Doc's door and my door and choking us out for all the insults we hit you with last week. But anyway. It's all, right, man. It's all uh, love, brother. It is all love. Um, and feel free to rib on Doc this week because he's not here, so we can make fun of him all he wants, him and his little micro penis. <laughs> Anyhow, 
Hamill said, oh, when I did the, you know, the, the scene, I had to sign all these NDAs. I couldn't tell my wife. I couldn't tell anybody. And I, I, I couldn't talk about it. And I still can't talk about things, which made me go, you still can't talk about things. Mm-hmm. Meaning what? We know you done appeared. We know you done worked with the with with them to get that scene in you know into canon into fruition on like Revan. But what can't you talk about? Is it because what Derek said? There'll be future appearances in other shows. Will there be a spinoff show of Lu of of Luke Skywalker with Grogu? Do they really want to break the bank and make some scarol? In my opinion, if I was running Disney and my name was Bob Shapek, it'd be a no-brainer. Let's do a Luke series and let's run with this. Let's get this Shamuk motherfucker to help us and we can rock and roll and make all a lot of money and laugh our ways all the way to the bank, like 50 cents, you know? But what are your take? Or do you think he's going to be deep faking like a Mace Windu or somebody else? Or what do you guys think? You guys think he's going to be doing anything like that? Listen, man, that, you know, it makes no other sense. Uh, the money is all on Luke. That's what everybody wants to see. What happened between The Last Jedi and fucking... No, I'm sorry. What happened between Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi? Uh, there's a lot there to cover, man. You got a series that can go for a few years, and it's going to make money. It's what everybody wants. Uh, but you did say... And it's an interesting point, uh, Mace Windu. That's something else that a lot of fans have been talking about. You know, let's get a movie, let's get a series. Whatever happened to him, did he survive that fall? Did his hand end up up somebody's ass? What's up? You know what I'm saying? Well, they say black don't crack. So when he falls down, he didn't crack like Humpty Dumpty. I don't know. What do you guys take? Go go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Chris. No, I was just going to say, you, you think about just like what uh, Spiro said about the, the amount of time between Return of the Jedi and Last Jedi. You got Han Solo, you got Princess Leia, you got all these other characters, Lando Calrissian floating around. They could introduce any of these characters in some capacity, even just a brief cameo, even just a glimpse. As long as you could buy it, as long as it looked real, you, you, every fanboy would lose their shit. You know, every fanboy would be like, oh, my God, it's this. Oh, my God. Gush, gush, gush. I could see. I could see them just casually throwing in, you know, another character from the pre- from the original trilogy. And people would just lose their minds. So to have this guy on on staff is a, is a smart move for any – just to open up those possibilities. I mean, based on what, what Mark Hamill was saying, given that maybe a little teaser, something's going to end up happening in the future that we'll be seeing more of him um, – like, like we, we've all agreed that, that there is a lot of time between Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi. But what they can do, since you can't remove The Last Jedi from the canon, I mean, it's there. Oh, they we can do whatever they want. I mean, they, they can. But, I mean, what, if you want to make the fans right, it's like, all right, well, well, let's make that make sense. We have all that time period there to build up exactly. to it, show the anger, show the, the training. See if you can bring in an Adam Driver or deep fake his face into it and, and show what happened there at the temple. Um, and you've got so much to do. Grogu wasn't around for any of that shit. And those, those Yoda fuckers, they last forever. So I'm like, all right, show me when they had to kill him off. Um, I mean, th- there is so much that they can do. And I'm sure Mark Hamill, 
he's not as bitter as Harrison Ford is. He's like, look, kill my fucking character. I'm, I'm done with this great shit. Um, I, I see Mark Hamill continuing the relationship there. And like I said, trying to maybe even help right some wrongs with the Luke character because they know that the fans were unsatisfied after Last Jedi. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's funny that we were talking about Luke uh, because a Comic-Con poster was revealed online. Um, and this thing sold out. It sold out. Very quick to the point where I, when I went to go purchase it, it was already out. And they said that they're not selling anymore. It's a Comic-Con poster of Luke with Grogu. And it's showing Grogu um, building his lightsaber. And Luke is holding a yellow kyber crystal in his hand. And a lot of people are saying it might be the yellow lightsaber that he found in the comic books between episode five and six that he was using before he built his green lightsaber. Maybe he took that kyber crystal and gave it to his first apprentice. And now Grogu's going to have a lightsaber, a yellow lightsaber. Um, this also shows that they're training. Um, and uh, talk about people losing their shit. Like, like Obi-Wan said, I felt a million voices cry out. I felt a great disturbance in the force. As if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I feel something terrible has happened. That's exactly what I felt, you know, when this thing dropped, because holy cow, what, what a work of art, you know, uh, that it was that this thing. I mean, you guys saw the poster. I'm taking a guess. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? No. You didn't see the poster? I sent it to you. No. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Did you? Like, oh, you I fucking got it now. <laughs> No, wait a minute. I. I think I did see it. I think I actually liked it and shit. He's going to the trash bin. Fuck, I know. I always leave popping on shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there, there's, there's, I didn't want people to pay attention. I do, I, if I do a fucking podcast with my wife. What's deleted. Wrong? It's recently deleted. Yeah. It's somewhere. <laughs> you go alphabetical order. Wait. Pop with that. Chris, so did you like the poster? I know you're a big Luke Skywalker fan like myself. I, I, I was, you know, very excited, very uh, enthralled. I had read somewhere else, though, that the artist had responded and said that he was given license by Lucas. Yes, it's confirmed. To, to do what he, uh, what, he, what he wanted. I think he was just, you know, drawing from his heart and wanted to do something that he'd like to see. I don't think it necessarily means anything. That's the direction a lot of us would like to see. Let's hope. They go in that direction. We see a little more Luke Grogo action in uh, Mandalorian season three, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination it's a leak or it's a, it's it's really telling of anything definite. Well, the one thing I can say is this: the one thing that Star Wars does well is they know how to reverse engineer shit better than the Area Fifty One guys, better than NASA. These guys can take something that never existed and make it fit the fit like a puzzle piece. And if the outpour and reaction that that came from the last five minutes of mandalorian season two and this poster is any indication of how much money they can make if they make any advancements with luke between six and seven or eight if they don't do it then they're fucking dumber than they look um because this is what people want to see they want to see this they want to see a vader series they want to see a mall series they want to see the characters they love get a little, not stretched out, but add layers to them, you know, a little bit more gravitas or whatever the case may be. Make them, make them a little bit more uh, accessible visually. And 
if they don't do it, I don't know what else they could, they could possibly do to probably make more money. I mean, what's that? Uh, what's the saying? If it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Whatever it is. What do you think, D-Rock? Man, you know, the way I'm looking at it is that is that when they're putting this show together, they're looking for for their options and their fan base. And when they put out that that new that, that new trilogy, they were like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna have a female lead. We're gonna, we're gonna have a black stormtrooper and tell his story. They try to get diversity in there, and then they realize that this generation, whether it's generation uh, the millennials, generation Z, they just don't have the passion for this kind of content the way we did. So now they're realizing that since that blew up in their face, all right, well, let's go back to the well. We were trying to retire these legacy characters. Now we have this Disney Plus opportunity to really, I mean, we spent a shitload of money buying all the Star Wars properties. We've got to make our money back, but we're selling to the wrong demographic. We, we tried to jumpstart it, but th- those kids don't have the passion. They're not going to sit there and rewatch Rise of Skywalker over and over again and play it out and, and, and just you know put their heart into it. So let's go back and sell to the original people from 40 years ago, go hit their emotional strings, and we start bringing in the Luke Skywalkers and see how much of this shit we can ride out while they're still alive. And even if they're dead, fuck it, we can bring them back too. You're right, you know man. what, man? The funny thing is that this is what we've been saying since Disney bought this shit. It's like, hey assholes what about us you know we're the ones mm-hmm. that that brought this shit to where it is right now that to where you dished out the four b- billion dollars to buy this to hopefully make eight or 20 billion you know so again you know they come out they diss us then they try to fucking put their social justice spin on it trying to fucking bring in these this new crop of fans that don't even know Star Wars. When Star Wars is something that guys like us who have kids are gonna pass it on to them, and so on and so on. This is you know I mean you will have fans that'll be like oh shit so what's this oh cool you know I think I like this, but Star Wars has always been something that's passed on from father to son or daughter, et cetera, you know? So make us happy. We're going to make our kids happy, which means that you motherfuckers are going to make bank. Okay. And that's that. Now you're right. You're right. Um, there's a saying that's coming to fruition more and more as new content comes out, not only from star Wars, but every IP out there. And a lot of people are saying this now and it's, very true to what came out with He-Man recently. You go woke, you go broke. People don't want to deal with this wokeness and nonsense anymore because it's an, it's it oversaturated in the real world. And everything that comes out visually, whether it's Netflix or movies or television shows or Disney Plus or HBO Max, people are looking for an exodus. They want something to escape the norm, the reality of the world the way it is today. And they want to go somewhere where for two hours, they don't have to worry about politics. They don't need to worry about religion. They don't need to worry about any stress whatsoever. When you bring those into the actual product uh, of content that you're producing, people are going to be like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to watch this. And that's exactly what the problem is with Hollywood. They are trying to push this agenda through many different shows, many different properties and IP. And now people are starting to get backlash and give backlash and, and put their foot down and say, enough already. Let us enjoy what we want to enjoy. Uh, a new movie recently came out with Chris Pratt on Amazon uh, where he goes into the future to fight some aliens, whatever the case may be. It felt like a 90s movie. 
but it was a fucking good movie. And I watched it and I got emotionally invested in the movie, knowing the outcome of the fucking movie, because it's very simplistic. It's very predictable. But yet it got me. You know what I'm saying? And there was no there was no agendas. There was no hidden messages. It was just a movie with a good storyline. No, as simplistic and as predictable as it can be, it still was a great movie to the point. It was the largest viewers thing, I think, on Amazon right now. And they're talking about a sequel. So personally, I'm with you. I think the money is in the legacy characters. And I'm with you guys. I, I personally feel that it is with people that character that people already have an emotional connection with. I mean, even though even though Doc likes to dress up in cosplay, we know this year he told me, <laughs> Doc told me that this year when he goes to Comic Con, he's going as Holdo. But we'll see how long he lasts. You know, purple hair and all. You know, trying to look like a he'll pull it off. Oh, uh, you know, he likes to cross dress. That's why he's really in Hawaii. He's at the Charo uh, RuPaul Festival, but he doesn't want to tell people. But listen, more characters are coming into fruition allegedly, but now it's more confirmed uh because of rosario dawson ahsoka she actually went on um instagram and she reported that uh what's his name mina wait hold on lars Mikkelsen and mina masood are indeed cast now this hasn't been 100 percent confirmed from disney plus or from or i'm sorry from uh, lucasfilm or disney but she kind of went out there and said, yes, best news ever. I need my BIPOC, BIPOC, I don't know what that stands for, representation in, at Star Wars. Can't wait to see my BB striving Ahsoka as my favorite characters in the universe. And she has a picture of Mina Masood right next to Ezra and Lars Mikkelsen, who's the voice of uh, Thrawn in the, in the cartoon, next to Thrawn. So the rumors, which have been um, circling the interwebs for some time, which were reported last Friday by ILM, not by, L, I'm sorry, another site, are now being subliminally and accidentally confirmed by Ahsoka herself. So what's your guys' take? Are you guys happy? We're going to see Mina Masood, Mina Masood as uh, Ezra and Laurel Mikkelsen as Thrawn? I'm happy about Lars uh, Mickelson. I, I'm more familiar with his brother, Mads, the guy who was in um, Rogue One. Played Jin Erso's father yeah. in Rogue One. And he was also very good in Hannibal. I mean, the guy's got the look. He's got the high cheekbones. Uh, I've seen some mock ups of people already painting him blue and making him look like him. I think he's got the look. He probably has the acting chops. He's been an actor for, you know, decades. Yeah, he uh, was in. Uh, he was. You ever see House of Cards? No, never watched House of Cards. Yeah, he was in House of Cards. He played the Russian Putin character. So anyway, okay. go on. But he's got the look from what I can see, and uh, you know, he comes from a family of you know very good actors. The other guy, I, I didn't even see Aladdin. I know. I think he played Aladdin in the Aladdin yeah. action movie. He's got the look. He looks. He looks exactly like him. So hopefully, he's he's going to be a good Ezra. So you know, we'll see how it goes. I'm just happy that she did that. And and don't make any mistake. There's they all signed these NDAs and everything. That was a that was probably a a a blessed uh, tweet. You yeah, know, that somebody wanted to say, yeah, go ahead, you're you're allowed. So I yeah. doubt she she makes after the recent incidents with the Mandalorian. I doubt she tweets anything without checking first. You know what I think, man. But first of all, I'm super happy. Um, you know, the Mandalorian season one. 
the very first episode is when course correction began and they are continuing this. Um, the guy who's going to be playing Ezra, I think that, you know, Disney told him, hey, let's let's throw some kind of uh, veiled tweets out there, see what happens, you know, get a buzz going. Let's see what the reaction is. But he was signed from back then. Of course. That was just fucking confirmed. Whatever the case, I think it's great. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with these guys. You know, again, this is something else that fans have wanted to see. What happened to these two guys? Where did they go? Are they alive? Are they dead? What happened? Hey, man, I'm fucking, I'm, you know, I'm all in for this. I know you yeah, never I'll... watched Rebels, D-Rock. <laughs> so, well, let, let me give a little explanation on that right here. Um, so, again, I'm not, I'm not familiar with, with the book characters or, or, or the cartoon characters. The main reason is because if, if it's not canon, I, I have problems like like a bad relationship with, with TV shows. You start binging these things. You start watching season after season. Then the network decides to pull the plug. Like, well, fuck, now I don't have any closure. How does this all end? So when you start putting out all this content and, and introducing all these characters, I'm like, well, what if they don't use them? If it's not canon, why am I wasting time reading this? Well, hold on, so, hold on, hold on. I didn't say anything about Revan. Revan's no, not canon. Oh, no, no. I'm not saying those dudes. What, what I'm canon. saying... No, no. He's canon. What I'm saying is Ooh. the Clone Wars uh -huh. and, and Rebels are 100% canon. I get like, it. Like it's Revan. just trying to get me to be like, oh, you know what? I got a family to take care of. You want me to go sit down and watch cartoons? <laughs> yeah, I'll be giving shit. Bro, I'm I am telling you... Don't worry about the seasons, bro. I'm telling you, this is some of the yeah. best written Star right. Wars you'll ever see. But anyway. I'll get around to it one right. day. Right. But the, what I'm saying, though, <laughs> how's, that, how's that movie review podcast going, by the way? I don't know. I've been waiting to hear back from you. Yeah. You <laughs> Where you been, dude? <laughs> yeah. I've been. I've been doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I saw a guy look just like you on TV. But anyway, getting back to these characters, man. These characters here, we were talking about legacy. Yeah, they are shooting back at that older demographic who has read about them or who has experienced them in cartoon form. But now these are characters where if they're trying to pass it down to their kids, they're not looking at Mark Hamill and Harris Ford like, ugh, those dudes are old. I don't want to watch this shit. And it's like, hey, no, these guys are fresh. and They're from the books, but now we get to experience this together. I think it's a great opportunity for them to cha-ching and, and like re-spark and reboot everything that, um, that we're kind of familiar with. No, you're right. You're right. And, you know, another character that comes into the limelight uh, that fits this topic is Boba Fett. Uh, Boba Fett? Boba Fett, where? where? Um, obviously, the book of Boba Fett's dropping in December, right? A lot of news has been coming out regarding the show. Um, a lot of great news. I'm happier than, uh, than a pig in shit, as the saying goes. But more news has dropped this week. Uh, Boba Fett adds Jurassic Park's cinematographer, Dean Cundy. C-U-N-D-E-Y is the last name. Um, this Academy Award winning, nom I'm sorry, Academy Award nominee, Dean Cundy, Cundy, excuse me, has been revealed to be the book of Boba Fett's cinematographer. It's certainly interesting that he's the choice to lead the camera and light crews in a Star Wars project, especially since The Mandalorian, from which the book of Boba Fett spins off of has made a case of using high number of practical effects that later on uh, have been combined with CGI elements, something uh, Cundy's career has been all about. He's responsible for Who Freed Roger Rabbit, Halloween, The Thing, uh, the Back to the Future trilogy, Escape from New York, Big Trouble in Little China, 
two girls with green eyes. What does it mean? <laughs> two girls with green eyes? <laughs> After all these years. Hook uh, and Jurassic Park are just a few uh, of the iconic projects that cinematographer has worked on. So what do you guys think? You guys, I know you're not, maybe not familiar with the name, but what do you guys think? No, I, I think they've been I'm shooting sure. for nothing but cinematic. And I think they showed, they showed that off in the first season. And I think uh, they need somebody else because they're going to be busy doing the Mandalorian, probably some, some of it parallel with the book of Boba Fett. It makes perfect set, sense. They get somebody just dedicated to book of Boba Fett. So I think it's uh, great news that I think they're, they're pulling from the well of talent that they have relationships with from people who are, you know, huge, huge established uh, people in their, in their fields. So that's great. Man, I'm not familiar with the guy's name, but I am very familiar with his work. I'm a huge Escape from New York, Mark. And Snake Plissken in Another Life was Boba Fett. So I think that if if we get something like Escape from New York, as far as cinematography goes, I think it's going to be great, man. You know? Carl yeah, Brick man. I speaks. I was just going to say that this, this dude up clearly has been around for a long time and, and they didn't just throw some shitty names out there. I mean, he's worked the John Carpenter style. And if anything, you know, Star Wars fans are always beefing about, oh, man, when you watch the, the, the prequels, everybody looks wooden. They're working with a green screen. There's nobody there. And now Favreau and Filoni, they're trying to bring this back. Practical effects, locations, even though they're in that whatever they call it, that IMAX volume. dome that they shoot in. The volume. Yeah, man, yeah. You, you, you're getting more of a. Of a um, of an emotion from the character. You're becoming more intimate with the characters like you do with the original trilogy because you felt like this place actually exists. So um, shout out to this guy. If he's going to bring a cinematography look to it that um, that you're going to feel like it's theatrical, dude, this thing's going to be strong. You know, this, they, you know uh, when it rains, it pours, they say. And they also added another guy. Uh, have you ever seen the movie Extraction on Netflix with uh, yeah. Hemsworth? Hemsworth, yeah, yeah. The guy who directed that movie, his name is Sam Hargrave. Um, the play, the the uh, fuck, what's it called? The uh, site, I guess, called mm-hmm. The Ronin, is hearing that uh, Mandalorian season two second unit director Sam Hargrave has been given at least one episode to direct for the book of Boba Fett. It can still be doing uh, second unit stuff throughout the series as well. Hargrave recently directed Chris Hemsworth in the action-packed Netflix film Extraction that was produced by the Russo brothers, mm-hmm. and I called this. A long time ago, that either a Luke series or a Luke film will be coming out, produced by uh, Feige and directed by the Russo brothers. You can check the archives. I've said this fucking almost a year ago. And the fact that there's a red string connecting all these fuckers together and it all, you know, is surrounded by a big wall of green cash. uh, You know, it's not too hard to, to put the pieces together. Anyway. His other stunt coordinator unit works include Atomic Blonde, Avenger Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, Captain America Civil War, Deadpool Tool, and The Accountant. All great movies. So, again, they just added more flavor to this to, to this ambiance. Because we know that we have Robert Rodriguez, we have Dave Filoni, we have John Favreau, we have uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. All these people are directing. This guy is directing an episode. Uh, we have the cinematographer guy that we were just talking about, Cudney. Uh, I mean, 
This is like almost like like an all-star team. It's almost like the dream team from 1992 in the basketball. I'm psyched. Are you guys psyched? Listen, yeah, man, man, this is almost this is almost like if they asked us who do you want for these uh shows and we got to fucking choose. They're doing a great job of getting the right people for the right project. Um they're matching up filmmakers with the style and the feel they want. I don't know what's going to happen with the acolyte and that uh the 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 Russian doll chick. I don't know I don't know if that'll be any good. I'll tune in because it's supposed to be heavily based on Sith lore and shit, but they're doing an awesome job of getting the right people for this job, uh, these, these uh, shows. And, and I'm excited. Fans are excited. Star Wars fans needed this, you know, since the Mandalorian, there's been nothing but positive news after positive news. They're going to continue this. I hope, I hope they keep going. I hope that we don't hit a wall somewhere. They say, Captain is not going anywhere. (laughs) I hope, I hope they don't come out and say, listen, Kathleen's not, not going anywhere. She's going to be taking over. She's firing everybody and she's going to bring in all these chicks to take over. I don't know guys, but I think it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. And that's what's up. No, I have to agree. I think I think everything that's happened the past two years with the Mandalorian, <clears throat> and now the prospect of these other shows being very high quality, is like a fan's dream come true. It's what I w- was hoping would happen twenty years ago when we had the prequels, and that's not what we were given. So, uh, I think my uh, my uh, positivity and my hope is higher than it's ever been that uh, we'll get another couple of good great years of star wars content coming out that's going to be right up my alley yeah i mean there's so much untouched potential out there i mean who would have ever thought that one of the most popular star wars films would have been a film based on a small line in episode four when they're like a lot of good people died to get us this information fucking genius write it up let's get that shit going rogue one is fucking phenomenal and if you just deep dive into these stories you can rabbit hole and tell so many rich things and and I, I guess a lot of people fell out of love with Star Wars because when they fell in love with Star Wars, it was like, man, I've never seen anything like this before. Everything's so practical. I feel like this actually exists. Then, you know, things got a little fucked up there with the green screen. They're like, you know, I I, I outgrew it. I don't I don't feel that way anymore. Um, but now that they're pulling back at the heartstrings, they're giving us back everything that we love from the beginning. They're taking us to, to new stories, to to side characters who we always we had the action figure, but we didn't know shit about them. I'm like, the fuck is an Ugnot or a Snaggle tooth? <laughs> like, all right, cool, whatever. Tell me their story. Um, th- like I said, there's so much untouched potential out there. And and like Spiro said, it's a great time to be a Star Wars fan because all of those little fantasies that you would have with your Hasbro's are now coming to life. And, and, and I'm really happy about that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you brought up the word fantasy because Spiro's wet dream, a.k.a. his favorite fantasy right now, Kathleen Kennedy, may be on the chopping block. An article came out from Pirates and Princesses today. And there's a very heavy I mean, we've been hearing this for a long time. She's staying. She's going. She's coming. She's not leaving this, that, the other. Oh, they're going to, you know, there's a civil war. There's Camp fucking Filoni and Favreau versus Camp fucking Kennedy, yada, 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 whatever. But this is what I heard today. This is uh, what's being said on this Pirates and Princesses piece article, whatever you want to call it. 
Could Kathleen Kennedy leave due to Bob Chapek's rumored Disney executive contract change? Now, I know what you guys are saying right now. Who's Bob Chapek? Bob Chapek is the guy who took over for uh, um, the other Uncle Bob. So it's like Bob and Bob, like from fucking Office Space. Um, the two Bobs. Um, Bob Iger. And uh, he's the guy who's running fucking stuff. So, uh, he's running Disney. Uh, he used to be the guy who used to run Disney parks. All the, the, all the uh, Disneylands and shit like that. Well, they gave him a promotion. And now he's running all of Disney. But what's going on is, according to the insider, Disney CEO Bob Chapek is rumored to be making changes to Disney's executive packages. Executives will no longer be secure in their position for multiple years. Contracts could be year-to-year and performance-based going forward. So from the insider... One rumor going around Disney is that JPEG plans to stop putting executives on multi-year employment contracts to get greater flexibility to hire and fire, a sign of how he may be seeking to put bigger stamp on the company. The studios, uh, the studio exec also. Sorry. By any chance, is it Donald Trump that that they got? No, dude. That's what it sounds like to me. The studio exec also predicted JPEG's plans some restructuring at the company this fall now there's a the rumor that's going around about these contracts uh changes uh has already they're saying it's already has been behind many high profile exits at disney including a pr consigliere named zina muka and general counsel alan braverman legendary studio head alan horn is rumored to be exiting the company entirely as the same time as former Disney CEO Bob Iger. So Kathleen Kennedy's contract was renewed in 2018, unfortunately, and will be up for renewal this fall. Um, even on the on the call that he had on investment day, on National Women's Day, he says he looks forward to keeping her on, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I said, and many other people said that, he only said that because he can't say he's going to fire a chick on National Women's Day uh, and say he's going to fire somebody on an investment call because it will make the stock stock plummet. But again, we see that if we read the tea leaves and we see what's down the pipeline in Star Wars, it is all related to Disney Filoni and their Filoni verse and what they're going to do. So I think there might be some fuel behind this fire. What do you guys think? Listen, man, somebody's got to make the coffee. Somebody's and the go, sandwiches. Some, some, I was going to say somebody's got to go fetch the fucking lunch. Okay, um, <laughs> man, what an opportunity, man! What an what an what a missed opportunity, man, to plant this flag as the ultimate heel, man. I, yo, on National Women's Day, I would have been like, "You're fired," <laughs> and then I'd have thrown in a fucking bitch in there for for good measure. Listen, man, let let's just go back to when this whole debacle started, the whole Disney Star Wars debacle. When you come out and the first thing you do is you bring in, you're you wearing the shirt, the force is female, and you're talking about you're going to hire, excuse me, hire all these women to make movies and direct this and produce that and write this. It's like, what, what are you doing? Are you here to make Star Wars or... Are you running for fucking office and shit? 
You know, I thought they were opening up a Subway sandwich shop within Disney. That's why with all these women there, I don't they know. They opened up a fucking whorehouse there. Anyways, it didn't happen, thankfully. But um, listen, man, you know, her political, her social, whatever agendas, it it fucked up the storytelling. It fucked up the movies. It fucked a lot of things up. She brought in Ryan Johnson, who... Your boy. Well, well, you know, fucking Kevin Smith is now the new Ryan Johnson, apparently. You uh, know? According to the five people on the internet who's making the most noise, yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, look, man, you know, you don't fucking drop $4 billion on a fucking property like Star Wars and then proceed to do what she did, okay? Listen... You want to do something? You want to s- sprinkle a few things? Hey, man, freedom of speech. Ha- have at it. But don't make Star Wars all about your fucking views, your fucking agendas. Fuck that shit, man. Get the fuck out of here. Peace. I agree out. with you. I, I 100% agree with you. And this pertains to anybody in general. If Filoni was doing the same thing or Favreau was doing the same thing, there's a time and place for politics and agendas and shit like that. And it's not in... Star Wars. It should be. It shouldn't be in any form of media. Like I said before, media is a source of is an exodus. People want to go there to forget their problems and the world's problems, not see more of it. But first off, I just want to give a big shout out to the Sithstress, who's not really a Sithstress because Kylo Ren wasn't a Sith. He was just a dark side user, and she's a huge Kylo Mark. So we could rename her and rebrand it to the Dark Side Diva. She's the best. Sandwich maker in all of Virginia. Oh man. Number one sandwich maker. Never burns the bread. Puts enough meat on the sandwich. Doesn't put too much uh condiments on the sandwich either to drown the sandwiches. So shout out to Holly. Uh, you're the best. Best sandwich maker in all of Virginia. Anyway, uh, and, uh, and she also also key shopper at Gap, always buys Gap sweaters for her Kylo every day, every season. She has them all. Anyhow, what do you guys think about this thing with uh, Kathleen Kennedy with the Spiro's wet dream? Well, we talked about this uh, on an episode probably a year ago. Uh, one time I was on, we were talking about how we're all for diversity. We're all for, you know, Absolutely. trying to get this stuff in, but it should be organic. It should be organic. It shouldn't be forced. It should just unfold naturally. And, and her forcing it was a mistake. Her forcing it and interfering with the normal processes and actual organic storytelling, it was not going to work. And I think the direction she headed in the, in the very beginning was wrong. We want to do everything new, throw out all the old, and we're going to do everything new. That was her mistake. Whether it was her decision or somebody else in Disney to get Filoni involved and Favreau involved, maybe it was them making noise internally within Disney once they acquired Marvel. I don't know what the hell happened. But thank God they got involved because they showed what what Star Wars could be. And I think that direction, I think Disney is finally recognizing is the direction they want to continue going in. So I think her days are numbered. I think eventually they're going to bring in either Filoni or uh, Favreau in a much, much higher capacity. And she's going to be out completely. And I think maybe it's, it's time for her to be out. It's time for her to move on to something else. For, for my New York people, they're going to understand this reference. I think Kathleen Kennedy is like the Brian Cashman of Star Wars right now. It's uh, like, 
Like, yo, um, did you forget how to do your job? Why is she still here? Like, who the fuck <laughs> let her? Come on, get the pack your box, get the fuck out of here. And it's just, look, Kathleen Kennedy, when 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 George decided to step back, it made sense. She had been riding with him all those years. She was his right hand man, right hand chick, whatever the fuck she wants to call herself or identify as. So she was there. Her sales pitch is, I know George's vision. I know how to sell this. I know how to make money. Drop the $400 billion, I'm going to double it. Watch. We got merchandising. We got all this other shit. What Kathleen Kennedy doesn't understand is that we fell, we fell in love with the art. And that's the root of everything. We fell in love with the storytelling about the young boy and the father and this and that, all that other shit. And when you strip that fucking core out of it, I'm not buying your action figures, your plus shit, your underoos, your fucking comfort. I'm not buying any of that because I don't give a fuck about your characters. You lost out on the art form. And now that you say that, that possibly... Her future's hanging in the wind based on performance. She already knows she's done fucked up because because the, the box over shows that the fan response shows for the last trilogy. Even her directors are turning on her. They don't want to throw her in the bus by name. They know it's your fucking fault. This is you let this shit happen. Yeah. OK, so hopefully, unfor- unfortunately, Favreau and Filoni are doing such a great job. That she's gonna take the credit for that, like ah, saved my ass. So we gonna need a couple more Star Wars stinkers out there to get her the fuck out, you know, to hit the bricks. Yo, man, that's so funny because, you know, on the Mandalorian when they do those behind the scene shows, right? Isn't it funny how when they have this big round round table, everybody you can see them all passionate talking about Star Wars. These are people that are passionate, that want to be there, and they know Star Wars. And she's like the odd one out. Like, she's just there like, I don't know what to say here because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm clueless. You know, I'm a fucking retard. You know, I all I know is that somehow I'm 100% sure the force is female. Bitch, Star Wars has had fucking awesome, amazing female characters since day one. What are you trying to do here? You know what I'm saying? No, we feel, we feel you, Spiro. Um, it's funny because there's a rumor going around. The reason why Luke's uh, appearance looked botchy at the end of uh, Mandalorian is because they're saying it was the best kept secret in, in, in TV history because no one knew about it. I did call it. That's right, Doc. I did call it. Um, but they're saying... It wasn't only hidden from the public. It was also hidden from Kathleen Kennedy as well. Well, There you go. So they had to do with what they had to do with the resources they had. That's why it wasn't looking the best. Now, I don't know how true that is, but here's my educated guess. This is where my conspiracy theory brain comes in. I think Kathleen Kennedy had a crush on Mark Hamill when he was young. And either he, either he, (laughs) hold on, either, either he hit it and quit it, right? (laughs) And paid no mind, or he gave her no, no, you know, he paid He's her no a mind. Jedi I don't need to call you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then hit it and quit it, or just didn't give her any access to his lightsaber. And now she's getting revenge, and that's why Luke got the shaft in the sequel trilogy. Now that's just an educated guess from my point of view. There's no merit to it. There's no knowledge to anything prior to anything. I'm just taking an assumption here. It's all alleged. So let's not get sued. But anyhow, that's what I feel. But since this is done on performance, I'm taking a guess that she'll be doing the pepper grinder. 
on Bob Chapek to keep her job. You know what I'm saying? Because if it's a performance, you know, I don't know how you could blow the biggest IP in the world going from $2 billion to barely breaking a billion dollars in the last movie that's supposed to wrap everything up. You know, to me, you, you dropped the ball. Mighty Casey struck out. But let's talk about something else, right? And what I want to talk about this is something that's not my wheelhouse. It's more the non-canon Spiro Antonopoulos, Darth Spiridon wheelhouse, meaning that there's a group of fans. They're making the Knights of Old Republic Unreal series with Lucasfilm's blessing. Now, what do you what is what does that mean? There's a talented team of fans that are retelling the story of Star Wars, the Knights of the Old Republic, as an animated miniseries using the Unreal Engine 5. I don't know what that means. All I know is engine engine number nine fell off the tracks. And we put it back on the uh, on the tracks, you know, uh, a little black sheep. That's all I Just know. I don't know. Pop, thanks. Yes, I did. Despite the fact that the best Star Wars game ever is reportedly getting a remake. That's what they said, the best Star Wars game. Not what I said, because I never played it. The team reached out to Lucasfilm for permission to make this series, this animated series, using this Unreal uh, engine. And they got their blessings from Lucasfilm. So, Spiro, please take the reins on this topic. I Hopefully you read this article and you didn't treat it like you treated the Star Wars uh, Luke Skywalker poster picture and paid no mind to it and enlighten the fans on hold what on, this hold is. Hold on. Uh, I'm like, right, so, so what's going on is this, this <laughs> Unreal Engine is a very popular engine used by many video games. It's amazing. Uh, it looks great. Not only graphics, but um, what do you call it? Uh, it's... How can I explain this? Because I'm a gamer and I don't even know the ins and outs of all these things. But the Unreal Engine is pretty much, I don't know if it's the standard. I don't know if anything better came out, but it's up there with the best engines when it comes to the more popular engines when it comes to render these these games. And if they're going to make a whole series based uh, on that engine, I think it's a great thing. The fact that Lucasfilm gave the blessing is huge. Um, these these kids had to have shown them s- something to make them say, yeah, do it. All right. Um, Knights of the Old Republic, the Old Republic, my favorite era in all of Star Wars. Here's, here is the thing about that when it comes to canon. A lot of the characters are canon. We're still fucking holding our... He is canon. We're still holding our dicks here, waiting to know what exactly of Revan and everybody else from from back then is canon. Um, we've seen them take things from legends and incorporate it into storylines with pre-existing characters from the movies and all that. So they need to move on this. They need to do something because there's a lot of the old Republic that we're like up in the air about like, okay, so... So what of this guy or what of this girl is canon? So I'm hoping that, you know, this is something. I don't know if Lucasfilm gave them any points, any like story points to 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 include. They are making a remake. Everything that they've put out has been canon uh, game wise and, and all that shit. So. I'm going to be looking to see if there's going to be any changes to this um, because, you know, this is going to be canon. 
So, you know. You know, I, I think the biggest so, thing that shocked me of that article was that Lucasfilm gave the rights to a bunch of kids. They're like, yeah, go. Go fucking make a movie. Have fun with that. And it's funny. The other day, I was just reading an article, and, and I completely forgot that George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead is public domain. So you can remake it. You can make a sequel to it. You can repackage it and sell it, and it's okay. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I'm like, oh, shit. You could, now I know. Great. Um, but mm. the, the fact the fact that Lucas, I, I guess, is, is just trying to draw new fans and inspire kids because, man, when I was these kids' age, I didn't have video cameras on my phone or, or camcorders or editing technology, Final Cut Pro, Adobe Creative Cloud. And, and, and like, I got a studio in my closet right now. Um, it's it's crazy. So the fact that Lucas is like, hey man, go make your dreams come true. Use play with my toys and make something great. And who knows, maybe down the road I'll have a job for you if you can impress me. That's fucking amazing. That's that's a great story. Then shout out to Lucasfilm for letting them do that. Yeah, I was surprised they gave permission too, but it makes perfect sense. Uh, it's something that already exists. It's something that's so old that a lot of people will never get to experience the story that was in the Knights of the Old Republic unless. They played it on an old computer, you know, uh, almost 20 years ago at this point. I think uh, it was a smart decision to reintroduce new fans to that storyline. And if they ever later have plans to introduce some of those characters, there'll be more of an audience that will know what that is and get it. And they don't have to spend a dime. <laughs> They're letting a bunch of, you know, uh, a proficient computer people mm -hmm. use an Unreal Engine to redo the cutscenes. And make it more palatable to a new audience. I think it's a great idea. And, and it's not unheard of. We were very nervous in, in my group, the 501st Legion, when uh, Disney took it over, that we would be put out of business, that we wouldn't be able to operate and do our charity work and do our appearances. It was exactly the opposite. They were very open to it. They were very appreciative of the, you know, all the free press that we give them and all the, the, the uh, positive vibes that we you know, shine on Lucasfilm and Disney. So I think uh, when it's in their best interests and they see some potential in it, and it's not going to cost them any money. I think uh, it's great that they'll that they'll bend a little and just say, yeah, go ahead, knock yourselves out. So you, can you guys hear me? Because I just got yeah. thrown off the call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we can see you. I mean, I'm sorry to hear you. All right, good. So, to, so basically, you guys are telling me this is all over with you guys, right? Big time. Oh. Segway. Oh, 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 segway. This is Doc usually dumps in, but too bad Dodd's getting fucking rammed in the ass with a coconut right now. Speaking of over, we do a segment here on the New Force Order called Who is More Over? Now, I know what you're saying. That does not make any grammatical sense whatsoever. And you're right, Sunshine. It doesn't have to. What we do is we incorporate wrestling lingo on this show because I am a professional wrestler. Spiro is a fan of pro wrestling. Chris wrestles with the day-to-day -day struggles of dealing with charity work. And Derek used to book pro wrestling. Doc used to be the doc at wrestling events. So we're all one degree of separation from professional wrestling. Anyhow, the word over in wrestling means getting popular with the fans. So what we do on this show, we compare two aspects of Star Wars. It can be a person, a place, a thing. It doesn't matter. And uh, we see what's more over with you, the fans, all six of you guys. But most importantly, what's more over with us. So this is where I usually throw to Doc and ask him what's on the marquee. But again, Doc is bent over getting a coconut in his butt. So I'll explain to you people on the marquee tonight. We well, have the battle. I think, I, I think we are being graced with the presence of the one and only. 
Two oh Doc. Doc. Are you there? Yep. Press the green button. I'm here. Oh, he can talk the with a coconut. Down. Oh, he, <laughs> the coconut fell out of your butt. You could talk. Or you're you're that talented that you could talk with a pineapple and a coconut in your butt. I could do both, Pop. Yes, I know. I've heard. You're you're legendary in the glory holes. And the Russian bathhouses. But go on. What's on the marquee tonight, Doc? This week on Who's Moreover. Uh, email receipt or hard copy? Email side. It's going to be Asajj Ventress was born into Mother Talzin's clan of Dathomirian Night Sisters. As an infant, she was taken from her sisters and forced into slavery by the pirate Halstead. Halstead was murdered on the planet Rat Attack, and Asajj's Force sensitivity was discovered there by stranded Jedi Kai Narek. He took her as his Padawan, and together they protected the residents of Rat Attack from pirates. Narek was eventually killed by marauding Weequay. Consumed with grief, Asajj took her vengeance and gave herself over to the dark side. Her power was noticed by Count Dooku, who took her as his Sith apprentice. But he held back the full breadth of his knowledge, instead using Ventress as an assassin until his own master, Darth Sidious, demanded she be killed. She escaped Dooku's attack and made her way back to Dathomir. She and Mother Talzin made multiple attempts on Dooku's life. On the day that Asajj was baptized as a Night Sister, Dooku attacked the clan and killed all of her sisters but Talzin. Broken, Asajj chose the life of a bounty hunter. It was on one of her jobs that she met Jedi Master Quinlan Voss, who revealed that despite her former Sith affiliation, the Jedi Council requested that the two join forces to assassinate Dooku. She accepted and fell in love with Voss during their time together. During their final confrontation with the Count, Ventress sacrificed her life to save Quinlan from a blast of Force Lightning. Dooku escaped, and Quinlan took her body to rest with her sisters on Dathomir. <laughs> Versus Savage Opress. Savage Opress was a Dathomirian Sith Lord during the Clone Wars. Originally, he was a strong but kind-hearted man who was protective of his younger brother, Feral. One day, Asajj Ventress came to their village and selected them to participate in her trials to find a suitable warrior to eliminate Count Dooku. Savage and Feral were the only two survivors, thanks to Savage's protection. Asajj and Mother Talzin filled Savage with dark side magics, making him taller, stronger, and more Savage, I mean savage. He became a monster under the Night Sisters' control. In order to test his allegiance, they ordered him to kill Feral, and he did so without question. Savage was then sent to Count Dooku under the guise of a new apprentice. Dooku trained the Dathomirian to become stronger in the dark side, unwittingly helping the man that was meant to assassinate him. But when the time came, Savage was able to throw off the control of both his would-be masters and return to Mother Talzin, who sent him on a mission to find his long-lost brother, Maul. He was successful in recovering his brother and became his apprentice. Together, they began to seize control of the criminal underworld in a quest for vengeance against Obi-Wan Kenobi. Their actions caught the attention of Maul's former master, Darth Sidious. Concerned that the brothers' plans would interfere with his own, Sidious faced them and killed Savage. As he died, the magics of the Night Sisters leaked out, and he returned to his former self. So, Doc, what are, can you can you can you acquire the poles 
from where you're at? You have internet you access. Make me acquire the pole. Of course, I have internet access. What do I look like? Some kind of savage? Well, you're hanging out with a bunch of savages. Ask Roddy oh, Piper. Shit. He hits him all hits him over the head with coconuts all day long. This is this is true. This is true. Hold on one second. Let me see. I'm rolling through this. Thank you. Oh, guys, I'm shopping. Sorry, I apologize. Hold on. Let's see. Okay, here we go. This week, let's go to the polls. Uh, by a resounding on Facebook, 100% to zero, Asaz Ventris is moreover. Wow. No surprise. No surprise. At a savage oppress. Okay, let's see. Uh, comments. Uh, all comments. All right. Uh, Todd Santiago Berrios, aka Chuchi. Asaj Ventris is moreover for me. Demetrios Papadano says, please email. Uh, let's see. Going to Instagram. I'm trying to not get hit by a fucking flying coconut over here. Hold on a second. You're welcome. Uh, on Instagram. Again. Oh, interesting. 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 Savajo Press is more over 75 to 25%. It looks nice. like we have a dead heat, boys and girls. Very nice. Maybe a dead heat. I like it. I like it a lot. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send an email regarding this subject or any other subject on any other segment we do on this podcast. And the email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. So with that being said, let's go to the emails. Um, our first email is from a new listener. I did a podcast recently called Dudes at Ringside. And this guy was one of their listener, diehard Star Wars fan, and he jumped on our bandwagon. Hopefully, he listens to the show and enjoys it. His name is Thunderfeet, not Jerry Flynn. That's Lightning Feet. This is Thunderfeet, his cousin from uh, the Appalachian Mountains or something. Let's go. Uh, New Force Order. Let's see. I think King, uh, King Dooku, it's supposed to be Count Dooku, my friend. Apprentice is, be- is, is a better character, but if... But if I was for Dooku tirelessly himself in the way in the dark side, then his master plans. That made no fucking sense whatsoever. Sorry, bud. Uh, you might be Thunder Feet, but you're not Thunder Grammar over here. His apprentice would have such a good upbringing of the dark side, and he wouldn't be as powerful as he was. Okay, next email from Harley Garland, a.k.a. the greatest sandwich maker in all of Virginia. Savage has arguably my favorite cannon double hilt. Looks only increase your chances of winning beauty contest. And sadly, he falls way short of everything else that Ventress has. Ventress has served three different facets within the universe. A Jedi Padawan, a Sith Apprentice, and a Bounty Hunter. Her versatility makes her more lethal. Not Jay lethal. Uh, She has paved the cannon. The canon way for female Siths, and I respect the hell out of her for that. But you're not a Sith, you're a dark side diva. She even gets bonus points because she gets to play after hours twisters with Quinlan Voss. <laughs> wow, wow, wee, wow. Um, I'm very much look forward to reading Dark Disciple once I clear um, Star Wars The Old Republic era. NFO for life, Holly, aka the Sithstress sandwich maker. P.S. I will pass along regards to Dominic when I see him this week. Oh, she went to go see Dominic Pace. Shout out to Dominic Pace, friend of the show. Uh, 
PSS, Lady at the Gap Counter, wants to know what size you needed for the sweater, Papa Don. Pew, 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 pew. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess she's writing hard for the chicks. Oh, we got an email from a guy, some Mark named Alex Arroyo. I don't know. Should we read it or we should get a live answer? What do you think? I think we should get a live answer because we get some emotion, some conviction. So, Doc, why don't you let us I know what you email. think? What are you, what are you talking about? I didn't send an email. Wait, you, you mean there's another idiot out there with the name Alex Arroyo? Hold on. Let's what read it. Dear NFO, how Papa Don likes it. Little N, capital F, little O. The pick for who's more over this week is a tough one. Two dark side users, not Sith. Haas, Holly, put that in your fucking crack pipe and smoke it. <laughs> head to head. While Savage Press is literally a savage, like our boy Sloan, a.k.a. Mike Verna, and voiced by Clancy Brown, yes, good call, Asajj is one of the most original characters to come down the Star Wars Pike in 20 years. A bald-headed boss bitch before all that Me Too stuff. She went toe-to-toe with Anakin and nearly bested him, but did go out like a bitch for the big D when Dooku killed her as she was saving Voss. Her death by Anakin in the original Clone Wars was better. But alas, she is my overpick. Keep up the good work, boys. GGP, you really keep the show alive and popping. Spiro, I don't know what you doing anymore. And Doc, seriously, I heard you have all you have the biggest lightsaber in the galaxy. And damn handsome too. Sincerely, from Hawaii, not Doc. Yeah. And is and his favorite episode is seven, right? Yes, episode seven, the greatest episode yeah. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Spiro, since since you're you're off on good behavior, why don't you enlighten us? And since you're a dark sider, listen, man. Yeah, since I'm a dark sider, I not because you that. live in Elmont either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking perfect, man. Listen, man. So why? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me do the laugh one more. The the, the little laugh. Savage Press, other than being uh, Maul's baby brother, what else does he have? He's like Herman Munster on fucking steroids, okay? <laughs> when the motherfucker, when it counted and his brother needed him most, he he fucking got jobbed the fuck out, man. Um, on the other hand, Ventress or Ventress, however you want to call her, you know, she, she she's got the the dope lightsaber. She had two of them that if she wanted to, she would connect to make one double bladed lightsaber. She had an, an awesome look. She was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, as far as uh, her her powers with the force, her skills with the lightsaber. She went toe to toe with the best of the best. Um, and, and also we got to see a lot more character development. We've seen her, you know, 
like Holly said, she was a fucking Padawan. Then she she turned over to the dark side. Then, you know, she falls in love with the fucking Jedi or a, or a rogue Jedi. You know, and, and uh, in the end, she paid the ultimate price. She sacrificed herself for him. I mean, you know, she, she had a I, I actually wish she was like still alive, man, so, so we could see her. Hopefully she turns up in some live action show. Uh, but yeah, man, Ventress is definitely more over with me. Okay, Chris? I'd say Ventress all the way. Same same reasons as Spiro. She had a whole arc. She had a deep story. Uh, Savage was a side character. He's, he's a nobody. She, she's uh, been kicking around for multiple cartoon series. She's interacted with Kenobi. She's interacted with Anakin. She she's interacted with Ahsoka. She's been all over the place and she had an arc and she had that whole redemption arc, which which, you know, is a hallmark of Star Wars. I think Ventress all the way. Yep. Derek, so, I don't know if you uh, know the characters or yeah. not because you don't watch the cartoon series. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to make this quick. Um, I don't know either one, so I'm not qualified to answer this. So they both go to 60 minute Broadway. I am more right now more um, excited about watching Doc's live feed because he just put on his mask. Look like he's about to rob the hotel. <laughs> he's like, come on, motherfucker, I gotta pay for this trip. <laughs> hey, Doc, why don't you use like a coconut <laughs> shell to cover your face to match your coconut, coconut bra? AG, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, do you want to answer? Nah, we can't hear you, Doc. You're coming in shitty. I want to start playing checkers with Derek. <laughs> you want to start playing checkers with Derek? Tremendous. <laughs> oh, that's fucking ah, awesome! Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it looks like okay. a scene from Heat. Like, Your money's insured. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm gonna pick Ventress only because, um, basically, what everyone has else said. I don't want to reiterate the points, but she is a more, um, uh, character that has been fleshed out. And she's multi-layered. We've seen her in different facets in her life. And uh, even though Savage Opress is dope looking and, you know, he brought his brother back from Crazy Town. The only thing is he's just like Stormtrooper number fucking seven or, or red shirt in Star, Star Wars. But, you know, thug number five or whatever you want to call it in the background. So and he got jobbed out, but he got jobbed out by the Emperor. So it's, he did get jobbed out by Hogan. So, you know, the Hogan of Star Wars, you know what I'm saying? So anyhow, oh, that's what I did one time wrestle Shawn Michaels at the garden. So anything. Yeah, can happen. he did. Anything can happen. That's right. Anything can happen. Um, so uh, that's it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys want to comment on this segment of who's more over next week, because you guys are late, uh, which is something a guy never wants to hear. But um, send us an email. Newforceorder at Yahoo.com. You need um, to tell me that news at the top of the stairs. I'm like, what? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Give me that hanger. Yeah, right, I we need to buy a Dyson. Hold on. I listen, guys. We're running long in the tooth. I think we're going to skip the rest of the uh, the segments, uh, the lists, and all that stuff. Um, real quick, Chris, we have you on the show because. You're doing an event. I want you to promote the event and tell everybody about it. So this way they can come and see you 
and the rest of the 501st Empire City Garrison do the Lord's work. Sure. Well, we're going to be at the Eternal Con at Hofstra University on August 7th and 8th. Uh, we're going to have a large presence there. We're going to have at least eight or 10 troopers each day. So please come check us out. We'll be raising money. I think at this point we are going to be raising it for CP Nassau because we're going to try in August to do a joint venture uh, with them uh, like we did last summer. Uh, we had collected some toys that we auctioned off on eBay and all that money went to CP Nassau. So we're hoping to do a similar thing this year. Uh, on a personal note with my charity, CP Nassau, we are running uh, a bunch of charity auctions right now at Benefit UCP Nassau. That's the seller name on eBay. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, geeky items, uh, Batman stuff, um, some other comic book related materials. And we're going to have in the second week of August, a large collection of vintage uh, Star Wars toys that were donated to the organization that we're going to auction and we're going to help promote it with the uh, 501st Legion's Empire City Garrison. Uh, so please check that out mid-August. And if you want to check it out, check us out now, you can check us out at Benefit UCP Nassau on eBay. And if you want to uh, interested in joining the 501st and doing some of the great work we're doing, uh, just to give you an example of some of the events we have coming up, we're doing an NYPD uh, event for NYPD families uh, at the Rodman's uh, shooting range next Saturday. That's a private event for fam uh, family members of the NYPD. We're just so excited to have the opportunity to, to attend an event like that. If you want to get involved, please check out 501ecg.com and you can find out information about us. You could also check us out at Empire City Garrison on Facebook. Uh, we'd always like to help you out trying to get involved. Basically, what we do is dress up as stormtroopers and do charitable events uh, free of charge to try to raise awareness or to give back to the community in some way. So if you'd like to get involved, please check us out. Awesome, awesome. bro. Awesome. D-Rock. Man, I can't what are you, what follow are you up? that. Man, what Chris are you is up? so fucking cool, man. I, know, I feel like he's the man. I don't do any of that cool stuff. <laughs> I definitely support what Chris is doing, man. Chris is like doing the Lord's work over here, man. Shout out to you, man. Awesome stuff. Um, I'm I'm just fucking around on, on the podcast, the Midnight Hustle. So check that out on YouTube. There's a bunch of phonies out there. It's the cool looking one because I, I put some time and effort into it. It's got a lot of cool shit on there from all the stuff that I used to do in entertainment, stuff that I shoot now, because I'm still hustling on the side, do my production work. Um, but check out the Midnight Hustle podcast. Um, it's on all your favorite little uh podcast gimmicks, and we do do the video show. Um right here on YouTube. So like I said, check that out. Check me out on social media. Um, oh, by the way, if you check it out on YouTube and you're a wrestling fan. So like like Papa Don was saying before, I was the booker of NWA Cyberspace way back when. I was in the business for a long time. You want to see matches of Papa Don doing the job to like dudes in TNA? Go check it out on my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Spiro, where can they find you at? Man, I don't even know because I can't even find myself, man, these days. But every now and then, guys, you know, hopefully I'll be able to come on here uh, a little more. You can also catch me on The Rational Rage. Uh, lately, I've been dropping older episodes because I don't have time to fucking breathe. I don't have time to fucking hump. You know what yeah, I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but... Listen, man, you know, this. I had an, an awesome time here. It felt great to be back here. It felt great to be talking about Star Wars with like-minded people. But yeah, man, uh, again, Rational Rage on, on Podbean. Uh, and that's it, man, you know? 
Hey, Doc, after you're done uh, deep throating that pineapple, where they can find you guys at? Where they can find you at? Find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O Instagram, Alex Royo MD on Facebook, and Alex Royo MD on Twitter. You can find me at Greek God Papadon on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Demetrius Papadon. On Facebook, Pro Wrestling T slash Greek God Papadon is the Pro Wrestling T store. Where you can get your pop it on t-shirts, but now they have a gimmick on Pro Wrestling Tees where you can get a video message from your favorite superstars. And in this case, it's Greek God Papadon. So if you want me to embarrass a loved one, an enemy, a colleague, a business worker, or if you want me to say something positive, or whatever the case may be, or something sexy, then just hit me up on Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek God Papadon. I believe it's 10 bucks. I'll give you a message, and you'll have a grand old time. But you can also find uh, my YouTube page, Greek God Papadon, with a bunch of matches. Whether I win or lose doesn't matter. I always put the best match of the night. You guys will be entertained because I am the alpha and the omega of pro wrestling. But most importantly, you can find all three of us together collectively on Twitter, at NFO underscore podcast, New Force Order on Instagram, official new force order on facebook and the email address one more time for all you mouth breathers it's new force order at yahoo.com ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to enlighten you hopefully we entertained you but one thing's for certain we did what we always do here at the new force order we got Star Wars more over with you, and we did not get ourselves more over on the expense of Star Wars. So thank you. This has been another exciting episode of the new Force Order for life. And that's just too sweet because I'm in Hawaii deep throating a pineapple. Henceforth. Execute order NFO.